Welcome back to the Raw Take for CEOs. This is where we tackle today's issues and how they impact your business. And this is hosted by me, Dan. And Steven. We'll give you our Raw Take on what's important for you and your business. Let's get started. Welcome to the newest episode of the Raw Take for CEOs. It is April 7th. Thanks for joining us. How are you, Steve? I'm good. Good. I'm good. It is uh, April is spring. Ahead. We, we think about spring. Just that Easter weekend was just here. Uh, harkens back to all those comments from a year ago. And uh, mm. uh, hey, we're going to be open open back up. Yeah, by yeah, by Easter rolls April. around. Yeah. Yes, April here is is uh, it's going to be focused on our startups here on the the raw take for CEOs. And we're excited that we have a lot of customers that are startups. We've got a lot of customers that are uh, operating businesses. But yeah, we don't talk a lot about startups in much in much of our content, right? It's uh, more focused on operating companies, and uh, but startups do make up fifty percent of our uh, of our customer portfolio. And so we've we've decided that April is going to be spring ahead for startups, and we're excited. We've got like three or four um, guest speakers uh, over the course of the next few weeks. Uh, obviously, you cannot be a startup without talking R&D tax credits, um, although there are some potential court rulings that are coming out that may put a little bit of a kibosh on R&D tax credits. I'd say it put a little bit of kibosh, but also probably puts a uh, uh, premium on having somebody walk you through the process. Put more rigor around the uh, testing and the qualifications yeah. too, right? Which, let's face it, probably not a bad thing um, for taxpayers. The uh, other uh, guest we're going to have is, you know, startups go through this very quick evolution at times, you know, product development, uh, and then they have their anchor customer, and then they've got their second customer, and then before you know it, they're looking at 25 customers, and they're having that oh shit moment, like, how do I manage these customers? Customers have complaints, they have questions about how to, how to use the system. And they're thinking to themselves, okay, do I put my salespeople and my marketing people to manage customers and um, customer success? Such a critical component of a company's functional needs. Yeah, that goes for any company, whether you're a startup or an operating business. But it's, I think it's particularly critical for the startups, especially hitting that, hitting that uh, kind of growth curve that you just talked about. You know, you've, you've found that product market fit, right? And it's that point in time where the founders can no longer be the ones wearing all the top level hats right and other people have to pick up the baton have that customer customer success mindset i mean even in our business where we were able to um not just survive but actually capture market during the pandemic we actually found ourselves uh with some customer feedback like hey working with you guys growth lab is like a black hole i don't know who to go to and you know total you know the irony is like we're trying to develop different uh, divisions within our company, whether you need accounting or you need bookkeeping, you need CFO, financial planning, tax. And the customers were coming back and saying, I don't know who to go to. There's too many people. Too many people the, in um, the uh, kitchen. So we, we started working on developing a yeah. success role. And, uh, and uh, so Jeff will be on this month as well. And he comes out more of like that, that uh, tech dev uh, startup mm -hmm. mode. Uh, which I think will speak to a lot of startups, right? But uh, you know, it's it's important to think about it not just in terms of of that, but in terms of growing and how do you how do you take that uh, take that next step and really deliver the customer that that experience because it's about the customer experience, whether it's in software 
or in people. It's about customer experience. And of course, you can't be a startup or without thinking about formation, legal documents, cap tables, or 9As. And so we'll, we'll be having and founders. And founders. Um, so we'll have a, a guest speaker from Shoebox, which will be exciting. Uh, good good uh, partner of ours, and uh, we enjoy working with them. And uh, obviously, you do a lot more of the sort of foundational stuff, uh, formation stuff for our startups. Um, but I, I'm excited for uh, for them to be joining us. And um, lastly, you know, you cannot be a startup or a lifestyle business or an entrepreneur without talking about business partners, um, initial management teams, founders, co-founders, and how that comes together. Uh, so that's actually going to be today's topic. I'm going to talk about, you know, before you actually get up to bat with a product development, scaling a product, acquiring customers, there's usually people behind the scenes. You know, people are still the foundation of businesses. Um, granted, you can't really have a business without paying customers and products or services, but it really does come back down to the relationships and the people behind the scenes. So talk a little bit about our experiences as business partners. It is going to be about seven years uh, this year. It's been a long journey. Um, yeah, and I think you know, uniquely, uh, you were just reading on uh, uh, last night from one of our customers who uh, recently had a, had a, a good event, and Alex was over at the Morning Brew. Morning Brew, and he was writing about his experience, right, uh, building building Morning Brew. So uh, there's five five top five, five things, learnings, right? And you know, there's a piece that, that I put out uh, back when we were getting started four yeah. or five years ago. Uh, as, a, as a video on Business Town. And I remember you were sweating bullets <laughs> the night before. I, I hadn't really hadn't really done video before. Now here we are, just like, screw it, we'll live stream. <laughs> Stephen, we're gonna script this for you. Things are gonna be okay. Um, but it, you know, we had the, the, kind of the top five things to think about, right? And, and uh, took a little bit different angle, but three of the top five, you know, overlap. And uh, so it's, it, we'll, we'll talk about that. And some of the things that we've seen with some of our, our customers and their journey with, with co-founders, business partners as well. Yeah, and I would say at least the major learning I had, and it didn't come from meeting you, it, was, it actually came from a mentor or advisor. You know, he said, for partners to really work, to make sense, um, it really has to be about one plus one equals 10. Because if, it, if it's just one plus one equals two, then really what you're looking at is potentially an employee. And so that's always, that's always been a critical uh, learning and a key to success in any partnership. Um, because otherwise there's other feelings that end up happening. But we'll leave that for uh, just a few minutes. So 12 months ago, not only were we talking about the pandemic being over by Easter, but we we're also talking about startups and the, how funding was going to like run out, right? We would, what was going to happen in the pandemic with not just your operating businesses, right? People are not stopping, to, stopping going to restaurants, or, but what's going to happen with angel funding, venture funding, PE funding? And there was a little bit of a downturn, but we tried up for about a week. Yeah, tried up for about a week, right? And over the last three months, you know, we've seen like not just like not dried up, but like there's a lot of there's a lot of capital out there. A lot of capital. Um, I mean, even in our own industry, uh, there's been some some transactions that were like WTF. Like how did that happen? <laughs> how did that happen? Who's the analyst behind that value? <laughs> but. Uh, um, I think you know hundred times RMR, right? <laughs> it makes sense. Um, you know, you got you got to have funding out there to be to 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 generate a strong uh, uh, entrepreneur entrepreneurial world environment. Have these have these startups like get started, get those founding documents together, find the business partners, get the initial seed capital, 
get that idea out there, get to the point where you are going to have customer success users and, 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 keep, and keep running. Like just, let's just talk about a little bit about the kind of the economy right now and what the, what the outlook is and some of the yeah. news, new stuff that we're looking at. I mean, the, um, who was it? Uh, Jamie De uh, Diamond, his, his, annual his annual report to his shareholders, right? It's calling the U.S. economy the Goldilock moment of the U.S. economy. I, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I had to like, I had to read it like Goldilocks, like, uh, what does he exactly mean? But I, I, I totally understand it from where I read, read under, the, under the line, but I tried to. I, I think there's um, so much capital that has been pumped into the system from the U.S. government, and then most recently in January and February, and now with the talk of a two, three trillion dollar, maybe two trillion dollar infrastructure uh, financing. And let's face it, you know, the level of confidence, because confidence doesn't just come from um, sort of business activity and, and finding available financing. It also comes from those two shots in the arms that you've had in the last three, four weeks. Uh, you're fully vaccinated, I'm fully vaccinated. Our confidence level has changed. How we're even looking at our business, and we're not talking about going bar hopping, going to restaurants again. Like that's not even our focus right now because you know there are others around us that are not fully vaccinated. And we still have to protect them, but our level of confidence just in our own business, uh, the the amount of marketing that we're pumping out, uh, potential leads, our hiring, like just the amount of interviews that I have done in the last month or two. I, I can't even, I don't think I did that many all of last year. Right. So uh, I think Jamie's spot on. And this is coming from, I was pretty damn draconian like last 12 months ago. Many of us pulled back on, on uh, sold stocks, sold uh, sh you know, shares. Um, we, we, you and I probably didn't stop putting money into our 401ks, but you know, it was always like one arm behind our bag. Like, was this really going to be for real? Are we really going to get out of this? But let's face it, you get a vaccine in 12 months. Like, that's crazy. That, that was unheard of. Yeah. I mean, his whole point is that, that there's going to be very fast sustained growth, uh, but there's not the interest rates are not going to like, are not going to tick up as, as quickly. Right. So there's an opportunity here. Uh, and that, that's going to happen because of these stimulus money, because of the infrastructure bill, because of, uh, uh, you know, monies that are being pumped to specific industries like restaurants, like venues, um, but but also just in general, you know, we have kind of yeah, customers are starting the can to, down the road in terms of like any kind of downturn. There's pent up demand, no doubt. Um, and let's face it, a lot of our customers, uh, their accounts receivable are finally on, on you know, thawing out, right? Working capital is starting to get uh, loosened up a bit and banks are beginning to extend and having willing to have that conversation around restructuring loans. But I mean, come on, six months ago, they were still in PPP hell, right? They couldn't even and think they about organic uh, loans. And B, they, they, kept, they had to keep so much in reserves for potential bad, you know, bad loans going back. Oh, in the next three months, you're going to have tens of billions of dollars in bank reserves opening up again yeah. because those loans didn't go bad. I was just having a conversation with a uh, uh, more of a regional banker the other uh, last week. You know, I said, "Here's a here's a here's a um, here's a company that has hundreds of thousands of dollars, and this is a small operating business, hundreds of thousands of dollars of equity cushion behind you, like you're crazy not to do this deal." Between PPP one, PPP two, never mind ERTCs. Well, you know, from last year, ERTCs from this year, 
there's so much equity that is being built up in cleaning up that balance sheet. Like you'd be a crazy banker not to finance this deal. But that said, you're right. Like inflation will start creeping up. You're going to have asset bubbles. We are seeing it today. And, you know, in full disclosure, I do invest in cryptocurrency. I'm totally not an expert in it. In the last 70 days, the total cryptocurrency as a basket, as a market, has gone from $1 trillion in market cap, which was kind of crazy anyways, right? Back in January and February, to $2 trillion. It is 2x in less than, less than a quarter. Yeah, a yeah, lot, lot of volatility, but with a fear of inflation, uh, somebody told me it actually has uh, propelled um, the market cap of gold. Right? Or maybe that's right or wrong. I should have fact checked that before I said it. But, um, and, uh, and then let's not forget Coinbase, who is a, a startup darling for the last five years. They're going public in the next week or two. And I, and I just read in the Wall Street Journal this week uh, that their earnings in Q1 was higher than their earnings for all of 2020. Wow. Yeah. That's so a, that's call a, that's it an amazing. asset bubble, call it a whole new asset class that could potentially mm -hmm. create new innovation. You know, I think that's, that's the point, right? Like is, is that there, there is, there's room for innovation. There's room for entrepreneurship. There's room for uh, experimentation to happen here, both in, both in the, you know, things like Coinbase, new asset classes, and just in the general economy, we are not going to see uh, capital dry up. So I'll, we'll we'll switch topics um, from crypto shortly, but I still remember our first customer three years ago when he said, hey, I'm starting a new company and we're going to do this whole ICO thing. And I was like, what the hell is an ICO? He's like, oh, it's an in initial coin offering. I was like, okay. And um, we're not going with Bitcoin. We're going with Ethereum. And I was like, right. well, I know Bitcoin. I've heard of that one. Ethereum what? That was three years ago. And today it's like, I, I think my kids know what cryptocurrency is. My wife and I were driving. My kids are like, you don't know what cryptocurrency is. You don't know what Bitcoin is. Tesla uses Bitcoin. So anyways, uh, enough of that. But that was uh, when we talk about inflation creeping. That is a market, a NASA class we, we definitely want to keep an eye on. Even Walter's Kluwers is now like including uh, uh, some add-ins to the tax software that our team, our team uses, CCH, for, for, uh, for crypto. Amazing. Uh, I'm, I'll be interested to see how the IRS and the U.S. government keeps up with that. So, so startups, April startups. So let's talk about the foundation of a startup, the core partnership, initial management team that goes into a startup. Now, you and I have been doing this for almost seven years. We've seen it all in seven years, amazingly. We've seen successful partnerships. We've seen uh, rewinds due to broken partnerships. We've seen companies that have pretty much closed shop because of broken partnerships. And we've also seen companies that were able to truly leverage that one plus one equals 10 type of partnership and has just totally killed it. Um, they are on the same page. They're not stepping on each other's toes. They're focused on their big why. Um, they're not focused on, you know, they're not in a disagreement on the vision. They may disagree on the approach. Um, you and I have had our disagreements and we have disagreements almost every week, but I don't think you and I have ever deviated from what is the, com what is the company about? What is the company's big why? Um, that has always been core to our 
partnership with DNA. Yeah, and I think um, even with, like there's, there's a lot of things going to like finding finding a finding a good partner, finding the right partner. Uh, just let's just talk about for a second about like where where do most startups founders like find each other, right? Because well, what what we'll what we'll talk about is like what should you look at look for in a in a partnership in a co-founder relationship? But yes, so often it's like. You're, you're, you're rubbing shoulders in the dorm room, in another company, you already have this side project that, you, that you're working on. Um, often it's two people that are doing similar things, two, two developers, right? Doing, uh, developing a, an app, right? And let's, let's make this into a business, let's build it, right? Um, I think, you know, that can be a great thing, but also you need, to, you need to ask yourself some questions. Who are the two, who are the two people, the three people, the four people, it gets more complicated as you get more people around the table, right? Um, you de-risk some things, but you also get more complicated. Um, but that's that's often how how these come about, right? Um, you get two people that are doing similar things, and you start a business. But one of the things I think is also important in a good partnership is having independent lives. So coming at this, um, and I think it was one thing that Alex did bring up in his learnings was like you can't always be in each other's shit. Right, you need that moment. So one of the things that we did early on, probably I would say four, because early on, like five, six years ago, we probably talked on Saturdays or on Sundays a lot, and it was always about business, focused on business. And we got to a point where, like, hey, we really need that Saturday and Sunday to break away from the business, um, have that independence from the the daily grind. I think that's I actually think that's important. So I don't know whether coming from dorm rooms or having you know prior a prior uh, relationship is is a key to success because I, I you and I didn't know each other from a hole in all. I met you at a, a networking event and kind of pitched you this idea and um, you know through that you didn't we didn't jump to an operating agreement because that's not what it's all about. The lawyers may be like, well, you need an operating agreement. It's like, yeah, the operating agreement, you know that. Yes, you need that, but without a relationship and without a clear, um, a clear alignment on the vision, a clear uh, agreement on the vision, who cares what the operating agreement says? The operating agreement is just going to tell you how you break up in yeah. a month or two. Right? Yeah, no, maybe I wasn't articulate. I think I think it's uh, kind of coming out of the dorm room. I think the, the risk for uh, relationships not a not an asset for relationships because oftentimes you're not asking the types of things that. Well, we, what we want to talk about today is what should you be looking for, right? And if you just kind of stumble upon a a, a business, a business partner, you know, make sure you're asking kind of the, the 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 next step of questions, not just are we working together, but do we have like are we are we different types of thinkers, right? I think that's a that's a big one. That's one that uh, uh, five years ago uh, I put out there, um, and that it was I think it was number one on my list, number one on Alex's list. Not those are the only list out there, but you got these two people that are looking at like, hey, we we built a business, and we built a business with with uh, a key other partner, uh, business partner, co-founder. Um, what is it that made that successful, right? And one of the things is that kind of that divergent ways of, of thinking. You can't be you can't both be the same type. No, you can't. And it's I think it's important and a healthy exercise is taking inventory of your strengths and your weaknesses and identifying the gaps in your business where you fit and your business partner fits and making sure that you know what you're doing is truly a core competency need of the business. Otherwise, you can just go out and hire the function. The other, but, but as a startup, you can't go out and hire that function because you don't have the money, right? True. And I think that's a, so. It's both important 
to be thinking differently for the relationship, but for the business as well, right? Because as founders, co-founders, you need to be the ones that are putting on all the hats, right? You're wearing you're wearing five different hats. One person's fundraising, one person's uh, uh, you know, building building the, the product, um, and you you could, you could keep naming naming them, right? But when it comes down to like as we're talking about the company grows, you get that to an inflection point. That's when you're going to have the the capital, the resources, the need to be able to hire people for those different hats and be able to kind of pass those off. Uh, so both for the relationship as well as the business, you need to find that uh, that, that different way, different way of thinking, different way of working. Right. And so I tend to be more of the relationship guy, right? You tend to be more the nuts and bolts. To me, when we met, it was always like, hey, can we break bread? That's a good place to start. Can we have a beer together? Um, we even talk about when we're hiring, it's just like, hey, can we go on a bus ride with, with this individual for more than like two stops, right? Can, can we actually spend 15, 20 minutes one-on-one? -on -one? I think with business partners and co-founders uh, and really tight management teams, I think Alex puts it well. It's like, it's not about the bus stops and the number of bus stops. It's actually, can you actually go on a damn road trip without going crazy, right? And it's true, right? We were able to go because we weren't flying places, we were driving. And, you know, can you spend that time without going crazy? And I think that, it, you know, I think that's an important piece. At least for me, it's important because it's about the relationship. Um, and yeah, I don't think it, like the capabilities and, you know, your, what you bring to the table, that's important too, right? But I think that piece, it's hard to tell, right? Uh, when you meet somebody, you know, how is, you know, what type of thinker are they? Um, you know, are they more visionary? Are they more tactical? Are they executors? Are they strategy? Yeah, I, I, think, I, um, I think one of the funny stories, Dan, from our early days uh, to, related to this was there were a few of those uh, kind of AI things that could integrate with yeah. Gmail. Uh, and they would kind of analyze your style of writing and the person, they, they would basically get your personality type out of how you, what you put into email. Yeah, right? they would plug into your and, email. Um, and right? there were a few of those out there, but I'm sure there still are. Um, but one of those, uh, before we had our first company meeting after make, making one of our acquisitions, um, you know, we, we ran a little analysis and uh, it, 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 between Dan and myself, and we actually used it to talk to the, the new employees uh, of the acquired business. And um, uh, I think it was to almost to the word. It was like, if Steve and Dan are holding a event together, Dan should be at the door welcoming people and Steve should make sure everything goes well so they have a good experience. <laughs> uh, so it speaks to like the, the fact that uh, um, yeah, early early days, even that, that came, became obvious, but. Right. <laughs> I think another, another thing is remember that. <laughs> that, that, uh, that was kind of number two and three on my list and, and uh, uh, two, two, maybe three on, on uh, Alice's list um, was was about the strategy, right? Um, you need to be aligned about where you want to go with the business, whether that's build a, uh, a lifestyle business, operating business, whether that's grow a scaling, you know, you want to raise $20 million so you can be exit for, you know, whatever you think you can exit for. You, you both need to be on the same page about where, where you want to go with the business, because otherwise, you're going to get to a certain point and you're going to have divergent divergent roads right then you can you can discuss and argue about and fight about whether you know whether you want to go in a tesla or a, a, hyundai. a hyundai but you know you don't want to don't want to argue about whether you want to go down you know uh, major highway one or major highway two and it's and it's interesting because you know it, i get it in the beginning you can come together and have the same vision but even vision changes, 
market forces sometimes force you to change your approach with customers and uh, force you to change how you do what you do. I don't know how that, you know, you and I somehow, you know, in the first two or three years, I'm not sure we could have articulated who we've become today, but I also don't know how we could have thought about or like uh, have a countermeasure to, to that, right? I mean, there are things that, that you get thrown from left field that, you know, five, six years ago, I don't know how you would have reacted to doing X, Y, Z five years later. Yeah, and I think that's a, that's a good thing about going through this list, especially as we start out like startup month here on uh, Raw Take for CEOs, is the, the, these are things that we did not specifically, like some of them we did think about, right? Divergent thinking, right? Um, some of them we didn't think about, like we did not specifically say, hey, where do we wanna be in five years? Does, does that align? And we didn't spend a day like making, you know, but you know, there are things I look back on, you know, we both came out of places where we knew we wanted to build our own business, right? We did not want to, we're not against, raising capital, there's, and there's certain instances that's required. But for us, we wanted to build a business that was built kind of organically through acquisitions that we could manage. Um, and th that's was something that, you know, I look back on and we were, you know, we, we were, we are very much aligned in terms of kind of where we wanted macro go with, go with the business. And so yeah. those are important things to think about in the early days, whether they're um, specific conversations or whether they are, um, you know, just, putting together business models, plans for the future. Another, another piece of it is how much time are you spending with the business? A lot of startups start off as a kind of side project or one person's in on payroll and one person is not. You gotta really think about if that's the right move because that it really kind of puts weight more on one person and less on the other, both in terms of where is the company spending the money, but also where are the people spending their time and effort, right? Uh, they can lead to some, some imbalances that can show their ugly faces later down the road. Right, and one of the biggest wedges in a partnership is the sense of remorse, right? So if you're not aligned both from effort, you're not aligned as, you know, who's, you know, even in our company, like, yes, there are titles here um, and titles are needed for corporate governance, um, but titles shouldn't mean anything in, when, in, in the context of decision-making in the context of visionary, right? In, in, or vision development and or execution. Um, so the other big thing in partnerships, of course, is the operating agreements. You and I sort of uh, got to learn about operating agreements through our own experience. And, um, and ultimately, as we've developed a corporation that has um, the intention to bring on uh, more shareholders, uh, as we think about as we're approaching on the 45, you've approached the 40s, as we're thinking about, you know, the next 10, 15 years of our lives, you know, we don't want to be the company that waited too late to build that succession planning. Uh, I think one of the things that we have um, made very clear is that exit for us is not selling the business. Exit for us, at least where we stand today, is to begin to build that bench. And I, you know, and I think partners have to be aligned with that because it's, I mean, that's a huge piece, right? There's a total value creation that's happened, wealth creation for one's family. And to think about it in two different spectrums, I'm going to plan out, you know, I'm gonna have succession planning is going to be my exit strategy versus I'm gonna sell this thing mm -hmm. being an exit strategy, especially when we are five years apart like we are in different part, different places in our lives, in our family's lives. 
um, it, that of itself is important to be to have alignment around. And, and interestingly, at our age, we are thinking about what does exit planning look like for this business? Uh, our goal is to uh, maintain a team, a team that can begin to take on some of our responsibilities from the corporate side, from the operation side, because as I've said many times, my big why is to get closer with our customers. My big why is to continuously develop and mentor the team. I really don't want to be running payroll. I really don't want to be dealing with this complaint, that complaint. Um, at some point, we want to begin to offload that. And that can only happen if both partners are aligned um, with the end game. Yeah. Um, we're not looking for the, uh, uh, the Avengers blip here. So <laughs> anything else on your end? Oh, and the other big important thing is you both can't have the same facial hair. <laughs> you got to have, one's got to have the mustache, one's got to have the beard. I did chop my beard off uh, this weekend. It was my kid's 13th uh, birthday yesterday, so I wanted to uh, surprise her with uh, a daddy mustache. <laughs> How'd she react to that? Uh, very embarrassed. <laughs> She's like, yeah, that, that, uh, yeah, that, no, that's got to go, dad. But. Anyways, we've been through all all sorts of it's facial hair in, over the course of the last seven years oh, yeah. here at Growth Lab. Or last 12 months, you mean. And with that, I'm excited for April, entering Q2. A lot of things going on, a lot of confusion, I mean, around the employee retention tax credit and the PPP, a lot of, you know, that's one thing we're working through. Um, but I am excited for, uh, for Q2 of this year. Excited for spring, it's finally getting warmer. So. Yeah, no, the th things are a little more, feels a little more predictable. Somebody was just talking the other day, like we, we've all talked about what is the new normal. And uh, um, I'm actually feeling that there is a little bit of the new normal uh, starting to starting to bud as as we as we do get through. Uh, I guess Jamie, Jamie's saying the same thing, Goldilocks moment, Goldilocks period. Like it is getting to a place where it looks like we can count on a few things. And so that that, that to me is like a little bit of a new normal. I really, I really resisted that, you know, six months ago, right? This is not normal. This is not going to be normal. We've got to get to another place before it's normal. No, you know, when the when you get when you get both vac vaccines, it's humbling, right? It's a it's a huge relief um, for for many. So, with that said, if you have any questions, feel free to email us, visit our website, and I uh, would love to hear from you. If you want us to bring up different topics, we'd love to hear that from you. And on that note, thanks, Steve. Nice job. Thanks. See you next week. Okay. So that's a wrap, Steve. Cool. Join us next week. Check us out at growthlabfinancial.com or text RAWTAKE to 833-759-0277.